Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful and grateful this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear your word. Bless your word as we share it. And I pray, Lord, let it go forth and accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. Anoint my lips, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And you may be seated. And turn your Bibles with me to 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I have a very short message to share with you before we have our dedication. So turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Do you have the New American Standard Bible? The New American Standard Bible. If you have that, you can help me with that. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, I want, is there anything else going on? I want all of your attention here. I, we are reading the scriptures, and I want all of your attention. It is a um, very important scripture, and I want you to really understand. I think it's um, a very important message, and don't let anything distract you. Turn your phones off, your WhatsApp. You don't need to answer them at this moment. Just have reverence for the word of God this afternoon. He said, Simon, Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this is a letter that Peter is writing to the church. Now, he says, an apostle of Jesus Christ writing to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, does it sound like a letter that is written to you? Yes. If you have the same faith through Jesus Christ, if you are walking in righteousness, not because you are a good person, not because you have done great things, How many of you can say that in your life you have not done anything wrong before? You have not done anything wrong. Perhaps this has not applied to you. But if you are walking in the righteousness of God, you are walking in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, then this scripture applies to you. Amen. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our God and Jesus our Lord. That means grace and peace is multiplied when you are having knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
when you are increasing in knowledge of God and you are increasing in knowledge of Jesus, then grace and peace is being multiplied unto your life. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you love peace? You like peace. How many of you like grace to receive something that you do not work for? Just favor, be favored. How many of you want to receive promotion? You see, we work around so many things to receive promotion and to receive peace. We work so much so that we will not have the disturbance of inability to pay rent. The disturbance of inability to afford what we want. As your family is growing, you are worried about buying a car that is decent size to contain you. And that disturbs your peace. But you see, the scripture is saying to attain peace, increase in the knowledge of God. And peace will be multiplied unto you. Hallelujah. But you see, sometimes we set aside the knowledge of God and we increase in our career. We increase in nursing. We increase in knowledge in being a lawyer. We increase in knowledge because we want to be a head of a security company. Amen. Then the next verse says, seeing that his divine power you see why you need to get more knowledge of God say seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness his divine power God's divine power through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence by his divine power through the true knowledge of God. Not superficially to say, I am a Christian and I know God. Not superficially that we ask you, are you born again? Are you a Christian? And say, I am a Christian. What do you know about God? What knowledge do you have about God? And you seek things from God and you want the divine power of God to provide you with all things, to provide you with a husband, to provide you with a good wife, to provide you with peace, to provide you with everything that you come before him for. You believing in the divine power of God, but you have no knowledge of God. No knowledge. Are you with me in this scripture? The next verse says, For by this, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them, by these promises, and you have to know the promises. You have to know the promises. Amen. You have to know the promise that God says, it is he who giveth thee power to make wealth. If you have no knowledge of that, you will seek wealth through other means. But you say you are a Christian. He says, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them, by them, you may become partakers of this divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. When you have knowledge, true knowledge of God. Amen. The next verse says, are you enjoying the scripture? Are you enjoying the reading of the scriptures? He says, now for this very reason, 
Also, for this very reason, I want you really to pay attention. He says, now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, applying all diligence, say diligence. He said, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. Do you see? Supply moral excellence in your faith. In the faith, you say you are a Christian. You are the one that is saying you believe in Christ. He says, in this faith, in this faith, he says, supply moral excellence. That means add to your faith moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, have some knowledge. Have some knowledge. And then he says, and in knowledge, in your knowledge, in adding to your knowledge also, have some self-control. Have some self-control. Have some self-control. It's not every woman you see that you want to sleep with. It's not every man you see that you want to sleep with. Have some self-control. It's not every job you see that is offering some money that you have to take. And then he says, perseverance. In your self-control, also add what? Perseverance. Some of you get tired of serving God. Small rain, you cannot even come to church. Small snow, you can't come to church. The temperature goes up a little bit, you can't go to church. You can't serve God. But have perseverance. Amen. God has not given me this. I was looking for this job and I didn't get it. And so I don't, I don't feel like serving God anymore. I was looking to get this married by 2018 and it's now in the middle of 2000 and I don't see any sign I'm giving up on God. Have some perseverance. Have some perseverance. I was hoping to have finished college by age 21 and then um, I would have moved to this place and I would have done this and I'll be married and I would have had three kids by age 26 and so and it's not happening and you have given up on God. There's a reason and he says do this with all diligence. Amen. And then in your perseverance godliness godliness let there be some godliness in your life as a Christian hallelujah and then the next verse it says and in your godliness brotherly kindness brotherly kindness be kind to a brother be kind to one another and in your brotherly kindness love love Add to them. Add, add, add. Let it supply in abundance. Let it be supplied. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, For if these qualities, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, do you see? We don't just get them and then we leave them like that. But if they are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They render you neither useless or unfruitful 
in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 9, it says, For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. To make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Hallelujah. You will never stumble. Amen. Do you like the scripture reading? But the place I want you to pay attention to is verse 7 and verse 8. It says, verse 7, go back to verse 7. It says, if these qualities are in you and in your godliness, it says, add brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness, love. And then verse 8 says, if these qualities are in you and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the reading of the word. Amen. They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now that means that it is not enough to have knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not enough to say, I know Jesus. It is not enough that you are passing by and you say, do you know Jesus? And to say, I know Jesus. It is not enough to be a Christian, to be a born again Christian, go to church, to be a member of a church, and still be useless and unfruitful. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, it says, you can know Christ from the scripture. It says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means you can be in Christ, you can know Jesus, and still be useless and be unfruitful. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are in Christ anyway, but you are useless. Please, I'm not insulting you. I am reading the Bible. You can be unfruitful even though you are a Christian. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible is saying. That you are in Christ, but useless and unfruitful. It says anyone, anyone who lacks these qualities... Anyone who lacks these qualities, the Bible cannot find a way to describe you. How can you say you are in Christ, you have knowledge of Christ, and you lack these qualities? You lack the qualities of moral excellence. You lack the qualities of knowledge. The Bible says when a person lacks these qualities, he is either blind or short-sighted. That means that you cannot see. You are short-sighted means you can see even in the future. 
It means that the life that you are living right now, you don't even you cannot anticipate what is going to happen to you tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You have short-sightedness. You are blind. Or he says, you, or you have completely forgotten about the fact that even you are purged from your sins. Verse 9. He says, that it means that you are short-sighted. You are blind. Or you have completely forgotten about your purification. About the fact that precious blood has washed you. About the fact that precious blood has wiped away your sins. For you not to acquire these qualities, the only thing that the Bible can say about you is that you are blind. Or you are short-sighted. Or you have even forgotten that you lifted up your hand and you gave your life to Christ. You have forgotten that. Hallelujah. Now that means that you don't behave like someone who is born again. You don't behave like someone who is a Christian. You don't behave as someone who knows Christ. Amen. And I say that there are some of you whose life and your behaviors show that you are not even born again. Your behavior shows that you, you, you don't have Christ in you. The kind of work that you do on this earth, it doesn't show any form of Christian or Christianity in your life. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, when you behave like that, you are useless and you are unfruitful. Amen. Some of us, our lives are totally different from one who knows Christ. I mean, the way you still drink your beers. You know, the way you go to the parties and the unbelievers are taking, they are passing the beer and, and then you say, I want Guinness. I want, what are some of the other names of the beer? I want Corona. And then you are angry A Christian. You say, ah, they don't have Corona here. You, and you are angry. You say, can you go and look in the back if they have some Budweiser somewhere? And you are angry. And then you say, do they have something hot? You want something hot? Listen, nothing shows that you are a Christian. The way you go about sleeping around, sleeping with every kind of man you meet, that you have a desire, you want to sleep. You are not married. You are single, but you lack no sex. You don't have any lack. You are supplied. You are never hungry for sex. How? Because you are always satisfied. It says that it shows that there is no Christianity in you. No moral excellence. So stop saying I'm a Christian and embarrassing Christianity for the kind of love, the life that you live. That we see you holding the beer and then you are, you are putting it down for a hot drink and you say, I am a born again Christian. 
Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? You say you are a Christian. The only day you open your Bible is on Sunday. And you realize that just as you turn your Bible, the last scripture that you came to was last week's scripture that we read. Just if it is you, just look straight. Don't let anyone know that it is you. Just look straight at me. You just look, focus on me. No one will know. I tell you, no one will know it's you I'm talking to. So the Bible is saying that if you are a Christian, you are, and you are not applying all diligence to attain these qualities, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, then something seriously is wrong with you. Something seriously is wrong with you. Hallelujah. And the Bible finds no other way to describe what is wrong with you except that you must be blind or you must be short-sighted or you must have forgotten the sacrifice that was made for you to purge you from your sins. Hallelujah. And it's serious. I say it is very serious. It means you must be blind not to see the seriousness of not having these qualities. You must be blind not to be pursuing them with all diligence. Do you understand what is diligence? It means to make every effort. To make every effort. To try. To try as much as you can to attain these qualities. Hallelujah. You must try because... There's, the Bible cannot see why you are not trying, why you are not pursuing, why you are not making efforts. It says, do this with all diligence. With all diligence. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you must be blind not to see that this is serious. It's like someone who is walking on the sidewalk. You are walking on the sidewalk and I tell you, today the Lord gave me a revelation. Just as I was coming to church. And if you, um, anyone here, you drop your money or something like that, at the end of the service, I'll have you see this young man and identify with, uh, and I think the Lord was, because, um, you see, it's like walking on the sidewalk. You are walking on the sidewalk, and then some people are following you. It's a busy road, busy sidewalk, and then you come across a hundred dollar bill lying on the floor. Does somebody have a hundred dollar bill? You have a hundred dollar bill. Can I borrow a hundred dollar bill from somebody? You have rich people in the church. Very good. How many of you are familiar with this? How many of you have seen one before? At least you have not handled one, but you have seen one before. You see. So it's like you are walking on the sidewalk and as you are coming you see a hundred dollar bill. Other people are following you. Do you see? And then when you look, you, you came like this close and then you look. Then you lift up. You look again. And then you walk by. 
You see? You see your reaction? Do you see your reaction? I am showing you how the heavens are looking at you. You see? So you see a hundred dollar bill and then you stare at it. And then you walk by. And then another person who is behind you sees that you stood to look at something on the floor. And you walk by. And then he, the person gets there. And then the, the person lifts up his eyes and looks at you. What do you think? What do you think the person will be thinking? Two of you, come. Come. You see? One is here, and you, you are coming. You come. You see, they are coming. You see, you are coming, and then you go. And then you stand here, and then you look. Then you look closely. You see? Closely. As if you know what is this. Right? It draws your attention, and then you walk by. And then you saw that the man reached here, and he bent. And then he look at, and then you get here, you want to see what he was looking at. So you get here, and then you look. What would you be your reaction? Yes! <laughs> he is either blind, thank you, or short sighted, or he has forgotten how $100 bill looks like. You see, because he's expecting that someone whose eyes are open and you come across something like that, you will make every diligence. You know, you get there and then you look around and then you step on it. You see, you see, you see Christians. You see Christians. You see, you step on it and then you make sure you are, you are covering it properly. You see, and then, and then you stand there and then you are checking out to see if the owner, I mean you are a Christian so if someone is really looking around like I have dropped my money you would want to give it to the person, isn't that so but you are making sure that there is no owner in the vicinity okay, and then you, 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 you are moving but you, 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 you see you, you are covering the thing and then the people are coming but you, they, they see that everyone is going but you are standing there, so you, even you are late, you are late to work you see, you are late to work, but you have seen something valuable. And you are making every diligence. So you step on it like this. And then when you begin even to make a phone call, you know, like you are waiting for someone. And you want to wait for all the people in the vicinity to pass by. And you realize that the new set of people who are coming, they have no relationship. No relationship with what is here. Do you see? You are making every diligence because you have found something valuable. And then you even go ahead and just take something from your pocket and as if you drop something. Do you see? You drop something and then you make some stuff. 
and then you pick it up. Because you have found something valuable. Put your hands together for the brothers. Amen. You see, you are wondering why the brother thinks you are blind. The brother gets there and the only description he will say is, ah, the man that just passed, can he see? Is he blind? Or is he normal? Is he short-sighted, such short-sighted that he has to really have some big magnified glass to see what is on the ground? Or has he forgotten how a hundred dollar bill looks like? What a hundred dollar bill can do? That he did not make any diligence to pick it up. The only description is that man that is going, he can't think far. He can't think far. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And that is how the Bible looks at us. Now, is he blind? But the only explanation that man can give him is that he got to be blind. He got to be blind. Now the Bible is saying, for what has been done for you, that you are not making every effort, making all diligence to acquire moral excellence, to acquire knowledge of God. Eh? To have some brotherly kindness for what has been done for you. Is that you are blind, you are short-sighted, or you have no clue, you, have, you don't remember what has been done for you. You don't remember. Amen. Amen. Only three possible descriptions for you. Blind, short-sightedness, or totally forgotten. Hallelujah. Do you understand it now? Do you understand the scripture now? That is how the heavens are looking at you. So the Bible is saying if a born again Christian is not making every effort to acquire these qualities, then he must be blind, he must be short-sighted, or he must have forgotten what Christ has done for him. It says the lack of these qualities, the lack of these qualities it renders you useless. That not having these qualities with Christ, it renders you useless and unfruitful. And so if you are not making effort to acquire them, then you must be blind. Then you must be short-sighted. Hallelujah. Amen. So what the Bible is saying is that there are some of us who are in Christ anyway, but we are useless. We are in Christ, but we are unfruitful. That many people go to church, but they are totally useless to Christ. Many people go to church, but God has no use of you. You are in Christ, but useless. Hallelujah. You are in him, but you are useless. Hallelujah. 
And so the Bible is saying, do everything with all diligence. Do everything to acquire these things. Acquire these things. In other words, Christ brought you in him. He brought you in him and he's expecting something, some fruitfulness. He's expecting that you will be fruitful. And if you're not doing everything to be fruitful to Christ, then your life is useless. Amen. Then your life is useless. If you are just in Christ and you are not producing any fruits for him, then you are useless. Amen. And that you must not render yourself useless. Hallelujah. You see, there's a scripture in John chapter 15 and verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. And he says, he says, I am the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, if you are in me, if I have brought you and you are a branch of me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. He bears much fruit. If you are in Christ, then a sign that you are a real branch is that you're bearing fruit. I'm preaching a very important message this afternoon. So I want you Christians to listen. Hallelujah. That you should bring fruit. Otherwise, what Christ has done for you has become useless. Amen. It's like you buy a plant. You buy a, an orange plant. And then you plant it. You nurse it. You water it. You come in the morning and you are watering. And in the evening when you come from work, you change quickly and you go and you are adding more water. What are you expecting from that tree? You are expecting fruits. Orange fruits. is what you are expecting. And so when the season comes around, and then you go and the tree is there and it has a lot of leaves but no fruit. Is that what you are looking for? Did you nest this tree, water this tree and did all you can just to bring you leaves? And with the next season, are you going to continue with all diligence to add to it? Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see, sometimes we are asking, he says that his promises, they are through this knowledge. So acquire, you want things from him, acquire these things. Acquire them. There's so many things we want from God. But you see, he has wanted you, he has added to you, he has kept you, he has preserved you, but you bear no fruit. No fruit. You have nothing to show. No fruit. Amen. Jesus went through so much to save us. He went through so much to save us. But sometimes our behavior makes salvation so trivial. Our behavior renders salvation useless. Our behavior. It's like we have no value for our salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. I'm almost done with my message, so just bear with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. It says, Flee fornication. Do you hear? Flee fornication. Run away from fornication. Don't say I'm strong. I am tough. As for me, you, you can try me, but not me. It says, don't put yourself in that line. Just run away. When someone is pursuing to do something to you, run away. 
He said, flee from flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. When you commit fornication, you sin against your own body. He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Don't you know that your body is a temple, temple of the Holy Ghost? Your body is a church for the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that? That, he says, that which ye have of God, and you are not your own. You are not your own. You are not your own. You can't do anything you want with your body. As a born again Christian. You can't do anything you want. You can't just put smoke in your body. That's, it's my body. It's my lungs. I can do whatever I You cannot do that. Amen. You cannot do that. You cannot do anything you want that I can drink and mess my liver. It's my own liver. Leave me alone. You can't do that. You cannot do that. You can't say, it's my own thing, so any man can put anything he wants in me. You can't say that. You can't say that. And that even you are being warned that you can be sick, you say, let me be sick. You can't say that. He said that you are not your own. You are not, and I'm preaching to you. I say, I'm preaching to you. You are not your own. You are not your own. You are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You are purchased with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. They belong to God. Therefore, bring glory to God. Glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes, you know, we, we, we ask, let's glorify the Lord. Let's glorify the Lord. Oh, Lord, be glorified. We glorify you see, Lord be glorified. And he's glorified. Lord be lifted up. I lift you up. Can you lift the Lord up? Lord, I magnify you. Can you magnify the Lord? They say, let's glorify. Lord be glorified. You know, one time somebody, I heard a story about a man who was um, asked to, I think it was a lady. <laughs> she was asked to give a um, vote of thanks. They told her at the function when it was, they said, oh, come and give vote of thanks. And then she walked with a high heel and then she came. She has prepared because they have told her you are the one that is going to give the vote of thanks. So she came. And then he says, oh, Mr. Chairman, receive vote of thanks. Oh, honorable guest, vote of thanks. <laughs> And uh, vote of thanks. <laughs> that is how she was. He says, he says, receive vote of thanks. That means take it, vote of thanks. 
Come and give vote of. You see, she doesn't know how to give vote of thanks. That is what it means. And we don't know how to glorify God. And so it says, glorify God in your body. In your body. And in your spirit. It is not our singing that glorifies God. It is what you do with your body that glorifies God. So we we say glorify God. We say, God, glorify. Receive glory. Glory. Take it, glory. You like glory, Lord? Have it. I give you, Lord, I glorify you. Is somebody understand what I'm saying? What I'm, what I'm sharing with Ben Hinn sang a song. He says, Fill this temple. He says, Let my heart be the temple of your spirit. Let my heart be the my body, let my heart be the temple of your spirit. And let my spirit embrace you. The warmth, your warmth, the warmth of your spirit, embrace me. Is that the song? He says, let my heart be the temple of your spirit. Let my heart be... You see, you are singing, you are singing a prayerful song. You are praying, you are, you are, you are not just, Lord, receive glory. But let my heart, I'm praying, Lord, I don't know how to glory, but let my heart be, be the temple. He says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So let my heart be the temple of your spirit. Let my spirit feel the warmth of your embrace. Let me be a holy habitation. This is an anointed song. You see, you don't understand when someone has been anointed with a particular song, you just sing it. Not even pondering over the meaning and praying that the Lord will minister to you the meaning of the song. He says, let me be a holy habitation. Let my body be a holy temple, holy habitation for you where your spirit is pleased to dwell. Where your spirit is happy to be. And then he says, I don't know how. So he says, the next, do you have the next verse? He says, oh Lord, I long to know your glory, your glory, your glory. I long to know your glory. I long to know what glorifies you. I want to know. Not receive glory. I want to offer the sacrifice of praise for this temple, Lord. Fill, is it fill this temple, Lord, with your spirit once again. Fill this temple. Amen. So we don't know how to glorify God. And the best person that we need to know or we need to ask is God himself. How do we glorify you? I just want to read one more scripture and then we can bring, we cannot um, finish the whole message. John chapter 15 and verse 8. John chapter 15 and verse 8. How many of you want to know how you can glorify God? You want to, you, how many of you want your life, your, your life to glorify God? Not just the song, but that you want to glorify God. It says, hearing, hearing, hearing is my father glorified. 
in this way, this is how, this is how my father is glorified. You want to know how to glorify God? Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. That ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. So shall ye be Christians. So shall ye be followers of Christ. So shall ye be people who look like Christ. Amen. He says, herein, this is how my father is glorified. When people are bearing much fruit, they bring him glory. Not when they are singing. But when they bring fruit, when they are bringing him much fruit, they glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. So any Christian, any Christian whose life does not glorify God is the one who is not bearing much fruit. If you are not bearing fruit, you are not glorifying God. Amen. And the Christian who is not glorifying God, who is not making his life glorious to God, his life is rendered useless and unfruitful. That is what it means. And I don't think any one of us wants our life to appear before God as useless and unfruitful. And so he says, see and apply all diligence. All diligence. Make every effort. When it is being done, make every effort to also try and bear some fruit. Try and bear some fruit. You see, as the choir was ministering, they say in the administration, you say, you acknowledge that he came to die for you. You acknowledge that he came to sacrifice, he, he sent his word, and he healed you, he did all this, and then you are asking, how can I repay you? How can I repay you? I want to repay you for all that you have done for me. He says, bear much fruits. Bear much fruits. That is how you repay him. So the question that you were singing and you were asking, the answer is, bear much fruits. Not just sing to me, but bear fruits. Hallelujah. Amen. Our time is up. We have other things. So we will pause here and then we will continue next time that we meet. Stand to your feet for a moment. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet for a moment. We thank you, Lord, for this revelation. Lord, you say that our lives will not be rendered neither useless or unfruitful. This afternoon, Lord, deliver us, O God, from uselessness, that our lives appear as useless in the heavens. Lord, let it not be said amongst us that we have lived useless lives. When we appear before you, may it not be a judgment, Lord, that we have lived a useless life. We have lived as Christians whose lives have been useless. Oh, Jesus. But let our lives bring you glory. For you paid so much for us. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge the price that you paid for us. That you gave us your only begotten son to die for us. What price you paid. And may we never render it valueless in the name of Jesus. May we not just say we know you, but we are unfruitful. May we not say we are Christians, but unfruitful. But may we with all diligence acquire the qualities that please you. In the name of Jesus. We thank you Lord.
give you glory in the name of Jesus. Now with all eyes closed and with every head bowed, I want to give you this opportunity. Perhaps you were just invited by a friend. Perhaps you are just visiting. Perhaps you go to church all the time, but you know in your heart that you are not born again. You have not given your life to Christ truly. Yes, there are people that know you as a Christian. You go to church, okay. But you know in your heart that you are not born again. If that is you, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, this private moment, if that is you, I want you to lift up your right hand. Just your right hand. Just your right hand. Just your right hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. You just want to give your life to Jesus. This afternoon, I'm giving you a wonderful opportunity. You may not have this opportunity again. You may not have this chance again. But you are here this afternoon. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Just lift up your hand. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I don't want to appear in the heavens and I am called useless and unfruitful. But I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior? You want to be a born again Christian? Is there anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful. You are hearing a voice and it's telling you that today is a day. Today is your day to receive salvation. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Glory and honor unto you, Lord. Glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Father, we are thankful and grateful. It's the last opportunity. This is the last opportunity. Anyone here like that? Is anyone here like that? Young man, young woman. Is anyone here like that? You are not born again, but you do not want to leave this place. If you were to die today, ask yourself, where would I be? Am I, am I going to be with Christ if I were to die today? If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Lord, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.